Hey, what's up, and welcome back to Ripe Reviews. I'm Joe Lascola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. And we're back here to talk to you about the third Conjuring movie, Con- The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. And The Devil might have made me see this movie. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth, Joe. <laughs> he made both of us do it. He, it, however you want to look at it. Him. We were talking about him on a, on a different episode from the Powerpuff Girls. I think it was during the live show, actually. Oh, yeah. His Infernal Majesty, man. He fucking made me sign up for HBO Max and was like, you're going to watch The Conjuring tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? HBO Max has been pretty good these last few months. It sucks. That spiral. You guys had to go to the theater. Sounded like you had some fun. Maybe not some in other ways. Well, I did want to go out so that was nice sure yeah uh but i do like the convenience uh if this if this wasn't theaters i would have gone and seen it because i did like the first two a lot yeah and uh we saw the second one together i'm pretty sure yeah and it was ruined by a couple of uh, teenagers sitting behind us <laughs> oh yeah you gotta love that that's mm. uh one thing i don't miss about uh watching movies from home is just not dealing with the other people in the theater like i like the experience i like seeing it on the big screen sometimes that uh theater experience is the best experience especially for stuff like the avengers or lord of the Rings sure. or the star wars movies uh but yeah generally speaking it's uh it's riddled with assholes, as I'm sure a lot of you listeners know, dealing with that person or that group that's just making way too much noise. Yeah, but going to see a good horror movie in the theaters, there's nothing like that either. Like, to actually get, to, to, to be with a with a good group of people who shut the fuck up and aren't, like, laughing <laughs> and is slurping their slurpy or whatever the fuck was happening that time we saw The Conjuring. Oh my god. Or fucking punch that little girl in the face. Throwing her popcorn up in the air, she was so scared. Wasn't it rated R? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, how did they get in? I don't know. Seventeen. We were all we were all seventeen once, I guess. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just sound like an old curmudgeon motherfucker. I don't know. I I paid to see the film. Uh, I mean, it's it's an annoying thing if they were seventeen or seventy seven. Let's not even kid ourselves. This is true. Yeah. Imagine an old man just in the theater on his jitterbug, like just yelling <laughs> into the fucking earpiece. Yeah, is this movie too scary for me? I can't hear you over Valak. <laughs> what is a demon? Yeah, Lord help me. So yeah, this is the third Conjuring movie, but the first not directed by James Wan, or really have he didn't have that much input from what I was reading. He was just the uh, executive producer. No, and you can feel it on this one. So before yeah, <laughs> before we before before we tackle this, I I just want to like just preface it with the fact that I think uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren are a bunch of big phonies and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, probably. No, I I think they are, and you know, look, we all we all got to make a buck for sure. But exploiting sure. exploiting people is is not fucking cool. And I just you know a, a lot a lot of the just general blanket comment, a lot of the poltergeist uh, stories and activities, especially the famous ones, are just usually caused by some angsty teen. Um, it's been proven time and time again. Uh, with, like, Jeff the Talking Mongoose or even the Enfield Poltergeist, which we're going to talk about shortly. And, you know, to, to come out and, and to say that kind of shit and to really, like, get the backing of the church and what have you and all that bullshit, like, it's fucked up, man. It is. I, I would love to believe that everything they said was true because just imagine the, uh, the repercussions of that. If It's like, oh, shit, devils and demons really exist, but it's like... I think it's in the second Conjuring, because uh, I watched this in prep for this one. Mm, me too. You know, uh, 
uh, Elaine saying to Elaine Warren, played by Vera Farmiga, is like talking to one of the kids and is like, you know how I knew I was special? I was in the hospital and I saw an angel and I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> That's where I'm like, uh, I can't buy into that personally. Look, I love reading about NDE stories and all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to, especially this film, when it comes to uh, the basis for like somebody murdering someone and having to face the consequences thereof, I don't think, um, I don't think it's legit. Sorry, I just don't. Um, no. And and look, let me tell you something. Despite all of what I just said, it makes for great. Uh, Movies and yeah. <laughs> and fictional content for sure. Don't get don't get me wrong. I mean I mean like I said, I would love to believe that spirits exist, and I, I kind of do. But uh, like Joe said, yeah, these people are definitely con artists. Uh, the real life uh, people. Yes. Uh, with that said, and I made this point on uh, Tony from Hack the Movie Show talking about tapes on uh, the Conjuring One episode that it was on. You can go check that out if you haven't. By the way. Oh yeah, Hack the Movies on YouTube. We just passed Justin and Newt. On that Pokemon episode, <laughs> for anyone that cares that's listening, just wanted to uh, say that. Vera beats out Pikachu, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I was saying in that episode with Tony and Newt how it's like in the context of these films, however, these people are the fucking experts. Like, they know what they're doing. They, uh, they've, they've at least in the case of the films, taken out two big cases. It's implied that they dealt with the Amityville case, actually not even implied in the second movie they straight up show it oh and they did in real life for sure they were part of it in some capacity (laughs) they wrote a book a best-selling book (laughs) (laughs) yep uh my point is in the movies you can buy into it because you've had two movies already of them solving these legit cases in the context of the conjuring the cu the conjuring universe (laughs) or whatever the fuck it is the 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 the, uh ccu yeah yeah. Um. I do want to. I, I. And again, I'm. I just want to. I just want to get this out of the way again. I'm a huge fan of the occult and reading about ghosts. I love ghost stories. I love cryptozoology. I love. Uh. uh I'm a big. Uh, uh. Uh. Linda Godfrey fan. Um. And I love like Dogman encounters and all that kind of shit. Um. You know, Bigfoot, uh, Loch Ness monster, Jersey Devil, what have you. Uh. You know, Hoboken Monkey Man, uh, Loveland Frogman, whatever. Case in point is, I like to read about them, and I think they're fun, and sometimes they can be really spooky, and they make for great entertainment, f- without a doubt. So I just want to make that clear, because I do like yeah. the Conjuring movies themselves. Ed and Lorraine Warren, in per- in real life, are pieces of shit. Ed and <laughs> Lorraine Warren, in the cinematic uh, uh, format, are, are quite enjoyable. I, I, do, I do like them. Yes. Patrick Wilson and Vera, uh, Vera Farmiga are fucking great. For sure. Yeah, they they are the best part of all of these movies that yep. they have been in. Um, probably even Annabelle 3, even though I think they are only in one scene. <laughs> they are probably the best part of that movie. Yes. So so this is the, uh, these are the saga movies, right, of the Conjuring universe? Right, yeah, these these are the uh, the tentpole films. This is episode one, two, and three. <laughs> right, and then there's La Llorona. And uh, then there's, you know, like, you know, I, I just joked about the third ha- Annabelle film. There's three of those. Yeah, Jesus. Then there's the fucking Nun, which, again, I didn't hate, but I get where Joe's coming from on that argument. Fuck that movie. It doesn't need to be there. Okay, Jesus Christ. It doesn't need to exist for sure, but I did like it at the time when it came out. Well, we do we do tie back some things with this new Conjuring movie that kind of brings it full circle. Will there be a Conjuring 4? I don't know. Ah, I don't know. I mean, they could do some more stuff for sure, but... 
This movie ends in an interesting way. So Sean reviewed uh, The Conjuring on Hack the Movies with Tony and Newt, and we both wa- and and I had watched it on my own, and um, we both watched The Conjuring two uh, on thir- Wednesday or Thursday before before this dropped on Friday. The Conjuring three I'm talking about, and you know what? I forgot. I forgot that The Conjuring two was based on the Enfield Poltergeist uh case oh yeah i totally forgot about it i'm like oh my god this is the enfield poltergeist case like one of the biggest cases in 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 poltergeist history uh in haunted house history which is pretty cool i thought they did a great job of kind of mixing like the fantasy horror elements with like showing like oh maybe this was faked because they have like a lot of parts with that towards the end and they they play it up like well no the demon told me to do that or he'd hurt you all all of that plays well and especially for dramatic effect like how ed and lorraine are connected and all that kind of stuff right i don't recall reading much about them for that case maybe i'm wrong i don't believe they had that much involvement in it i'm sure it was blown out for the movie yeah like it's one of those things where like uh you know james wan was like okay i'm gonna take the enfield enfield poltergeist case and kind of inject more of ed and lorraine like right. into it to, to to kind of pad this out and kind of make it more uh, about them it's fine I, I i you know i think the the uh the, the crooked man's a little much in that movie it kind of took me out of it a bit yeah um and and just i want to w- note one thing about uh the end they sub- they put the nun in there in the movie i'm pretty sure to like connect the other movies that was the only reason why they put the nun back in because they had this fucking dope ass like practical dude in a suit this demon it looks yep. awesome look it up if you haven't seen it the conjuring 2 demon that was supposed to be in it not the fucking nun at the end um it is valak um, and it's fucking sweet, and it's a bummer that they didn't, uh, Sean and I were talking about this before, but, like, it's a bummer they just didn't go full ham on the fucking, oh, on yeah. the demon. Like, in, in the context of the films, we're expected to believe that demons are real, and these people are possessed, and these people are suffering via, uh, demonic presence and infestation, right? Right. Give me the fucking demons. These fucking, this motherfucker's teleporting through ceilings and thrown around a room and there's a yeah. fucking old guy uh, biting people and turning the cross and stuff. Just show me the fucking <laughs> demon. There's a fucking nun with sharp yeah. teeth. You know what I mean? Like, come on. And and they did the nun, and for, I don't know what the actual reason was. Maybe it didn't test well, the demon. I guess. And then they made the movie the nun after the fact, I guess, because people liked it a lot. But you're right, it's like they're trying to connect the dots, it feels like. But I don't know, maybe the plan always was like, oh, if this does well, we're going to do a nun spinoff. Or maybe that came up after. I guess we'll never know. I think it's a money thing. And I don't have anything against that actress who plays the nun. I think it's a cool character. And I love that scene with the painting. It just kind of is out of place. She comes back in this movie. It, she does. Um, it's just kind of out of place. Uh, it feels it feels janky like they're trying to connect again like you said they're trying to connect the dots in the sure. second movie to kind of bridge the gap between them and the infield poltergeist um again don't quote me on how much involvement they originally had but i believe it was minimal it was mostly that dude with uh the glasses and the and the uh he's like kind of going bald oh marcus yeah 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 yeah, I watched a separate documentary on that years ago, and they didn't even mention uh, the Warrens at all. But maybe that was a choice by the production company. Again, I, I really don't know. I, I, I'm, t- I, I, I want to say that they weren't either they were involved minimally or not at all. <laughs> to tell you the truth, 
and they ju- and he just used the Enfield Poltergeist as like a, as a vehicle for the second movie, which is totally fine. And I'm glad we got an Enfield Poltergeist movie because most of that, all of that shit, is great in the second film. Yes, um, I think I still like the first one better, but on a rewatch too is very good. I I, I still like it quite a bit. Even though I do, I I kind of get what James Wan was going for, but with having the fucking Valak hat hidden around in the background, I thought was actually kind of stupid on a rewatch. I was like, ah, I kind of get that, but it's if you know what's happening, it kind of spoils it, and it doesn't make any sense. And it's like it's taunting uh, Lorraine and to bring I, her back, right. to, it brings her to let, get the fucking, no, no, stop. Right, That that's my only real big complaint about that movie. And yeah, the Crooked Man, even though that was practical, I, I don't know how it looked like so shitty, but it was a guy in a, in a practical costume. I, I still don't understand how they fucked that part up. When the dog turns into it is fucking great. That's still scary yes, as shit. Yes, that is true. Uh, just one more aside, one more sideboard before we get into The Conjuring 3. Uh, I rewatched Dead Silence, which was uh, Leigh Wannell's and, and James Wan's uh, sophomore effort after Saw. And a, there's so much from that film that is running through The Conjuring universe. Um, oh, yeah. And, and insidious and insidious yeah oh yes duh and insidious i just want to i just want to you know get that on the record like everything he tries everything that james wan tries in dead silence he masters it for insidious in the conjuring films um and fucking knocks it out of the park yeah i agree no questions about it. The man is is a master filmmaker for sure. I always love all of his cinematography and um and even it, it, the scares sometimes while they can be cheap they are effective a lot of the time. But man, everything is usually always shot beautifully. Um and I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't like Dead Silence, but have at it. It's not great, but it's 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 a it's it's like a te- it's like they're testing the waters, right? Sure. With all this stuff. No, yeah, I could see that. I mean, and Mary Shaw is basically the nun. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Let's not fucking kid ourselves here. Again, it's the refined version of that, right? Right. And then that all brings us to the Conjuring Three. Yeah, knee jerk reaction. What did you think? I thought it was decent. Okay, and uh, I'll explain kind of why when we get into the spoiler part because I don't want to like give too much away yet. Sure, but you know I didn't like it as much as the first two, and part of that we we were actually talking about this earlier uh, in the day that it's like it it doesn't feel like it's a James Wan movie very immediately. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, isn't always an immediate downer, but in this one, I don't know, there's just things about the plot, and, uh, just some of the, the camera direction, I guess I'll say, that just doesn't really feel like The Conjuring, um... I feel like, you know, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson still do play the two title characters, Ed and Lorraine, perfectly. I think they're still the best part of these uh, movies. Sure. They're great in it. Yeah. And anything that involves them, I was invested in. But all the other tertiary things, which are really the meat and potatoes of the plot, I just did not give a shit about most of it. Here's the thing. Um, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't turn on, I, it didn't end and I was like, that was great. And I didn't, it didn't end and I was like, that sucked. It's just, same. It, it's just kind of middling. Like, I'm, I'm not mad that I watched it. it. I I had a good enough time. But like Sean said, like, it immediately does not feel like a James Wan film. Um, This movie, almost all the other films, especially the first two Conjuring films, are washed in in this blue color right yeah and right off the bat with this it's this film is very warm oh yeah uh, throughout the whole thing which totally it feels kind of weird 
Um, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of nice. It, it, it adds its own kind of character to the film itself. But it's almost like the contrast is jacked up. It, well, the contrast is always jacked up, but the color, the color contrast is is right. much different than the first two films. Um, I, the main thing that I noticed, like going into this, was like it didn't. It, it, it's not like the first two movies, kind of at all. There's a lot less spooky ghosty things happening in this movie and the vehicle kind of relies on a human element uh, an evil human element um, right, evil being the key word there yeah yeah but it's still it's it's very uh it's not that it's not scary right it's just not as scary as the other films because they were dealing with a uh, 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 a force that they couldn't ex- well they could explain but like it was unpredictable and they didn't know why it was doing what it was doing right um I kind of want to talk about that more and I'm just trying to think of like other non-spoiler stuff because yeah. I kind of want to dig into it is there anything else you wanted to mention before we get into spoilers on this yeah it, you know it plays it plays like a like a like a like a murder mystery who done it kind of thing yes and again. You know, we're turning this movie, this case, quote unquote, that wasn't really even a case to begin with. It felt like a L.A. noir or some shit. Yeah, well, here's the thing, man. The case of Arnie Johnson, like when they went in to to testify that, he, you know, that he was demonically possessed, which, you know, we'll get into in a second. The judge was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> you, you no <laughs> that's unscientific and stupid get out of here get out of here We're, so they immediately turned it out like there was no back and forth kind of shit you know what i mean yeah this like it begins and ends at that scene where they talk to arnie's lawyer and she's like you're gonna you're gonna try to say that a demon like he was possessed by a demon and she's like that's never gonna fly and it didn't and that was the end of the story that's it right so everything else is completely fabricated and and uh and kind of fun but you know it's fine i thought it was fine but uh it's yeah it's hard to kind of kind of dig into without getting into spoilers so i guess uh if you have not seen The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, either go check it out in theaters. If you're, you know, you're, you're vaccinated, throw that fucking mask on, go kick it in the in the theaters for a spooky time, or load up that fucking HBO Max. Watch it in the comfort of your own home. Pop some popcorn, turn down the fucking lights, and, uh, and uh, get spooky, yeah. But uh, if you have seen it, we're getting into spoilers, and if you haven't, definitely tune out or listen, whatever you want to do, but here we go. <laughs> so, okay. So this is the thing right off the bat that I thought was interesting, but I didn't think it actually worked, is that instead of a, I mean, it is a demon, but instead of it being just like its own thing, it's it's someone that, uh, this woman that does a, a curse, basically, a, a Satan worshiper that calls this demon into existence, and this is what attacks this family. It's fucking voodoo, and that's it. Yes. Like, like... The demons in this movie are literally just pawns of a very human person controlling them via magic. And I think that's my biggest gripe with it, only because, like, I want spooky, haunted things. And it's not really a haunted thing. It, it, it's a curse thing. And then it kind of becomes this, this like, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, witch hunt uh, to find this woman. Well, oh, yeah. 
I mean, they call her a witch the whole movie. I mean, she but is. I get what you're saying. It starts, it kicks off with the exorcism of David Gatzel, which is this eight-year-old boy who is said to be possessed and that the, the Warrens exorcised uh, the demon, for lack of a better term, but had the demon had jumped host from the bo- this boy into this guy, Arnie Johnson, who was dating David's uh, older sister at the time. That's all true. Well, uh, save for possession, the, the, that those are facts. These are real people, and that those were the relationships. Uh, so they exercise this demon, but uh, it jumps into that guy Arnie, and then like six months later or something, you know, he commits this murder, and then the devil made me do it, quote unquote, was this big uh, press thing because uh, which really happened in the eighties, right? And it was this big new sensation because it was the first time in U.S. history that somebody testified uh, or uh, uh, in their defense said that you know they killed somebody via because of demonic possession and they weren't in control of themselves, you know. Right. And it immediately got thrown out the window, and this movie never happened. <laughs> the thing that gets me, though, and I, I understand why they introduced this element to the movie, and I, I don't hate it, I don't love it, but I guess it kind of works where when they're doing this exorcism, Ed, he gets attacked by the demon, essentially, and it, it causes him to have, like, a heart attack and go into a coma. Yeah. And so they kind of play up this whole angle that for the same amount of six months in between the exorcism and when uh, Arnie kills his uh, landlord... Ed's been KO'd and in the hospital, so he can't tell anybody that, oh, I saw him get possessed. So as soon as he finds out, they come fucking trying to come in with the cavalry, but he already murders the guy. You know what's funny about that? As soon as he gets better, the demon just decides to turn it back on (laughs) and fuck with this guy. Yeah, and it's like this thing, too. I kind of like the curse idea on paper, like, because, again, this this occult is played by Eugenie Bonberant. She's Uh, great. She's actually pretty good for the little bit she's in it. Yeah. I just hate the character execution. I'm just like, this doesn't make any sense. Because, like, yeah, she's an occultist, and she's getting power from this demon that she summoned through, like, these curses that we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But then there's, like, a scene later where she's, like, teleporting around, and it's like, okay, well, what powers does this fucking woman actually have? And that's the that's the muddiness of this that I don't like. I mean, Same. it's on one hand, obviously it, it's it's uh, embellished, but like it, it, they they vaguely explain this kind of thing. Well, we'll talk about it in a second, but more or less, uh, you know, Vera Farmiga's uh, power of sight and uh, psychometry kind of plays into this gateway idea where this witch, I guess, has enough power to kind of sap off of uh, uh, Vera and, and like, be able to you switch places with her or or go where she can go. You know how, like... It's like Harry Potter and Voldemort. They, like, kind of <laughs> see inside each other's eyes, almost. Right, 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 right. And, it, well, yeah, they have, like, kind of like a psychic link, but it's like a magic link, almost, because um, yeah, how, how Vera Farmiga can, like, touch something and go back to that scene and it play out. Right. It, when she goes to that scene to see the, what the witch is doing, the witch can see her and, like, go through her and be where her body is. Right, which yeah. creates a scene later, which I did like, where... Uh, you know, Ed throughout the movie has like this this heart condition and he's like forgetting to take his pills or he's like knocked out from it. And there's a part later where he's imagining all this because this uh, occultist woman, she could basically make you hallucinate and shit. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, I, I did like that actually. Uh, where he thinks that his wife was kidnapped and he rushes in and it's all bullshit. He's just imagining it. And, you know, they, they play stuff like that up a few times over the course of the film. 
And, uh, you know, they have this whole curse situation that this woman has this, like, totem that she created out of, like, a goat head and some fucking, like... It's like a, it's like a witch's totem. Like, yeah, like a witch's totem. And yeah. she puts it under these people's house, and that's why the little boy gets possessed. And this pretty cool, like, waterbed scene, actually. Yeah, which I'm into. Like, I kind of dig that. But there's no motivation except that she's just evil, right? Oh, right. Well, that that's it. They don't really even... Tr- I mean, the Warrens try to find some kind of reason to it, and, and they just don't. And they just which, don't. Which I'm kind of like, you know what? Some people, like, if, if that's the angle, that it's some crazy person that hates God and wants to go against God, because you... Spoilers, you find... I mean, we're in spoilers. Uh, you, you find out that her father is this priest who's retired that they go to for advice. Yeah, Denethor. <laughs> yeah, fucking Denethor, uh, John Noble. He's fucking pouring oil on himself and shit. No, that doesn't happen. But he is playing up that kind of uh, the uh, the Boromir shit. Oh yeah, where he's like, oh, he he won't tell Ed and Lorraine about yeah. his occult <laughs> daughter, who, who basically he knows immediately is the one doing it. My daughter's not dead. Yeah, and then uh, you know he gets killed later in the movie, and that's when uh, the, the this occultist, as she's credited as, that's why I keep calling her that, yeah. or this witch, whatever you want to call her, teleports like out of a shadow on the other side of the room to slit his throat. And I'm like, wait a second, what, what is this? Devin's ghost? What I mean, is this fucking Friday the Thirteenth? I, mean, I mean, whatever. Here, here's the thing, dude. Uh, you, you mentioned they didn't give an explanation, and they they do, but it's like blink and you miss it the the witch the 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 cultist is trying to it's almost like a fucking 13 ghosts kind of thing where she's like okay i need to kill the baby oh and then the child and then uh the 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 girl that she fucking kills that she targets from the college and then the last person is uh ed warren because he's like a pure guy and you know full of light or whatever uh, uh, you know real uh holy roller if you will i i yeah i did kind of love though uh which at first i hated it but then when you find out later that there's a totem inside it i was like oh that was actually pretty good when they bring in this flower pot and elaine's like oh yeah we got it from the parents i'm like oh that's a stupid way to reference the first movie and then you find out later it's actually like oh shit a totem's in there making him sick it's like oh which is kind of neat uh the 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 main okay we we mentioned that there's not a lot of demon shit in this and and again it's a very real person who's doing uh, this witch there's a lot of zombie shit there <laughs> fucking meatloaf zombie dude he's in <laughs> He's in the fucking morgue. And oh, that was actually a great scene. Everything in the morgue I really liked, actually. The morgue stuff is cool. Um, you know, the stuff at the house is cool where you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then you realize that the totems in the in the flower pot, yes. like you said, that's kind of neat. It all just feels... So- <sighs> Look, t- again, to expand on the Arnie Johnson thing, it's not even about Arnie Johnson or trying to clear Arnie Johnson's <laughs> right. name at that point. It, they're literally battling a witch because they find out who she is and what she's doing. And she, uh, we met, we failed to mention, but she's part of that cult, of the 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 uh, the cult of Ram or whatever from from the Annabelle movies. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I knew that sounded so familiar when I said Cult of Ram, but I forgot that was an Annabelle thing. So they're the same ones who, like, are responsible for, like, summoning the demon that was attached to Annabelle. Um, But they never really touch on it or talk about it or, like, Lorraine's not like, oh, my God, I know exactly who that is or whatever. Right, and anytime anybody gets possessed, it's not like they get possessed by the demon. It's always this this witch woman. Doing it, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, they do kind of play it up at the end of the movie when she gets uh, defeated. Where the demon kind of 
almost like the remake of Suspiria it made me think of when she gets bent up like a fucking pretzel. Didn't even see that? Sure didn't. Uh, the new Suspiria? Yeah, I didn't see the the remake. Oh, yeah, there's a scene, uh, sorry if I'm spoiling well, it. you're good. But I'm, there's I'm, a scene yeah. where uh, one of the, uh, the, the, the dancers gets killed by this, like, magic that twists and turns her body like a pretzel. It's fucking disturbing. That's kind of cool. Um... You know, she says so. She gets her comeuppance, and then the uh, the third. Where was the third totem? I'm trying to remember. Because uh, there was uh, Ed. There was the one at the family house. Where, uh, wasn't there a third one? There was a third one. It oh, was the, the, the girl. The girl. It was the girl. Died. Yeah, but the the police had already recovered it. Oh, right, right. Uh, she like killed her friend in the woods or some shit. Yeah, which I don't know. It was some shit like the baby from the the again. It was like a it was like a very specific thing where like they had to murder a baby and then like murder like a lesbian or some shit or whatever that was supposed yeah. to be and then the holy guy like forbidden love or some shit uh, whatever it was. It, maybe that's what it was, right? Something like that. They they never actually say that, but it's heavily implied in that scene. Yeah, it 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 just feels weird to me. You know? Yeah. It seems like there was just too many ideas kind of happening at once. Like, they couldn't decide on what they wanted to make. Because, like, a lot of this, I think, is pretty good. But then when you actually start, like, talking about it out loud and thinking about how it's strung together, it's like, I could have lost, like, the whole middle 25 minutes, 30 minutes, and I would have been okay. It's so, you know, that based on a true story, it's so loosely based on it that, like, I think it actually kind of hurts the film because there's not enough meat there. Whereas Enfield Poltergeist for Conjuring 2, there was enough meat to play with and kind of inject the Warrens into and kind of build on that. This, again, like I said, the the, the fucking Arnie Johnson story was he was demonically possessed and the judge was like, fuck you. And then the story (laughs) is over. You know? Yeah, I mean, they caught back to him a few times. Like, they got him in the in the mental institution or the, the jail or whatever the fuck it's supposed to be. Which none of that happened, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, like, mopping up, and then the, the fucking woman's trying to possess him and, like, tries to get him to slit his wrist. Yeah. And, and then, like, at the end, like, he has this whole... Oh, yeah, he goes to slit his wrist with a fucking holy water jar. I don't... He's on, he's on suicide watch, and this priest gives him a glass fucking holy water container. Like, what a moron. Well... That's the whole thing. They put him on suicide watch because they knew the 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 witch was going to possess him. But like they figured, I guess the holy water was going to protect him. Yeah, I don't know. There's a handful of scary scenes. Um, sure. And again, Vera and Patrick are are great. Um, you know, a lot of the cinematography is good. Um, yeah. So, some of the scares are you know some of the scares are really cheap, and I don't like that, especially for the third film in this franchise it's a lot of stuff where the occultist is like popping out of nowhere or a demon just pops out of nowhere or, or not even a demon it's like one of those that meatloaf looking motherfucker <laughs> the meatloaf guy's kind of scary oh i love the actual murder when when arnie fucking kills that guy Bo or bob or whatever the fuck his name is <laughs> yeah the guy who's like pissing him off fix my record player oh man let's crank it all the way up Dude, what a great scene. They're, he's fucking pumping uh, Call Me by Blondie, <laughs> and the whole fucking scene revolves around that. And, they, they, you know, of course, they use the period music like they do in all the Conjuring movies, sure. and it's fine. Um, but it was, re- it, it was it was really cool. That sequence was neat with the red light and, like, the music slowed down and all that kind of shit. It was cool. Yeah. Uh, I just don't like the no-name fucking demons that pop up and never show up again and never explain except, yeah, same. except to be like, yeah, well, I don't know. The witch controls them, question mark and, and also like how it, let's go back to another scene uh when we when that uh they find the body 
or they find where that girl was murdered in the woods. Yeah. And then Elaine basically takes over the other girl's subconscious and is like running towards that cliff. Yeah. And then she snaps out of it at the last second. And then the fucking, the hand of the witch comes up out of, like, the rock face and, like, pulls her off the side. Like, why did that happen? I don't know. She doesn't even know who they are at that point yet. Right. there is a point where the witch finds out that they're looking for her. Right, yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool because it was like, oh, shit. And the way that that all plays out with the vase, like we said before with the totem and shit, is kind of neat. But, again, it's more like a fucking Scooby-Doo kind of thing. Yeah. Where they're, like, trying to solve this mystery rather than, you know, exercise a a demon out of a person or a house or what have you. Which, I guess, you know, they did that for the last two movies, but it's a different flavor here. Right? Yeah, I mean, you keep bringing up, like, the murder mystery kind of stuff, and you're 100% right. There was really none of that in the first two movies. Like, there was mystery. Like, they were trying to figure out little things here and there, especially in two towards the end. Uh, towards the end. Uh, yeah. Um, but this movie's kind of, like, full-blown mystery. Like, even the, the final twist when you find out the priest is the father, and Elaine's going there on her own, and then, you know, Ed's got to run out, but he forgets his fucking heart medication. So yeah. there's always some kind of... There's always something going on. And then, you know, like the final climax and then they defeat her and, you know, yeah, it's whatever. Like, it's like the haunted Da Vinci code, right? Because they got this fucking <laughs> book of Ram and, and they got to decipher it and they take right. it to fucking Denethor. And he's like, look, come into my cult of Ram museum because I used to be a priest and I've collected all of these artifacts from the fa- <laughs> from all the fucking, you know, cultists I killed. I love how he says the same thing they said in the last two movies where he's like, ah, they're like, oh, why do you keep all this shit? You should burn it. And he's like, I like to keep it under a uh, locking key. I figured it'd be safe for that way and they just stand there and stare at him because they're like that's what they've been telling people for, tw- people for 20 fucking years Pat- Patrick Wilson's like yeah I remember when I said the gun line in the first movie about keeping the guns off the yeah yeah they also do make a stupid call back to Elvis at one point like oh yeah I love Elvis and it's like yeah remember that from the last movie and then he's like yeah you met him and he's like yep and she's like dead or alive and she's like both <laughs> whatever yeah just like just like Ray Stan yeah <laughs> That <laughs> was Elvis, and have you seen him lately? Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have much else to say. Like I said, I, I enjoyed it. I just felt like for Conjuring 3, it felt kind of weird. I mean, if it wasn't Ed and Lorraine in the context of these movies where I've I've kind of followed them for like almost 10 years now in real life, uh, maybe I wouldn't have cared as much either way. But I feel like if it just was a totally different group of characters maybe i would have actually liked it a little more yeah but i don't know it's kind of like it's hard to say Di- like you said didn't hate it didn't love it it's like three out of five i enjoyed myself i'll probably watch it again but i'm not in a rush to rewatch it yeah it's very middling like i feel like i'm gonna revisit this in like five years like i'll do like a marathon again um you know i, I like the first movie and the first movie is special to me because it did something uh, it kind of rejuvenated the Haunted House movie for me. Um, and I think it did just literally for the horror genre, like, in general. Uh, and, you know, people say, oh, it did, you know, it, it did this and this from this movie. And it was like, yeah, but at the time, it you know, we hadn't seen that kind of shit since, like, the the, the 70s or the, the early 80s, you know? So it felt good. Yeah, you, I mean, you had a couple ideas here and there in, like, Paranormal Activity, but... Yeah, but not, not the, a lot. Not the same thing, right? Uh, I fucking hate Paranormal Activity. Anyway. 
yeah, you know, it, it's fine. It's again, I'm 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 telling you right now, it's a totally different flavor than those first two films. And we spend a lot of time um watching the Warrens get old. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they give Ed a little extra they get they make Ed a little fatter with the heart condition, you know. Lorraine has her hair up. They're in their mid sixties by nineteen eighty one. Oh yeah. So they're like, I was joking with uh, my girlfriend Sarah. We were saying, oh, they should look a lot older at this point, dude. Do, do, Ed in real life is such a fucking slob. Like, <laughs> my good. I think Tony said that on the episode. Like they yeah. did him such a service with Patrick Wilson. Oh like, yeah, him casting him because he's so handsome. It, handsome and a good actor. It's, you know, imagine that great acting. You know, can elevate a film that is mediocre. Just a side note, they act, they end it, you know, they end it with like how they always do with like the the real uh, photos and and clips, uh, the oh, audio yeah. clips and stuff. And, and what they, do they what do they put in the uh, the room? I'm trying to remember what the fuck it even was. Oh, it's, it was the it was the witch's cup. <sighs> why? Why? That, that's how that's how they break because the the kids curse. Oh, I guess we didn't go over it, but I, I mean, if you want to spoil it, here it comes. Uh, you know, the the witch curses uh the boy the the boy, and then of course Arnie, and then curses Ed. Um, and the only way to break that curse is to destroy the altar, which is in this basement, and Denethor is the witch's dad and knows about the altar and knows what's happening but didn't stop it to begin with and then you know tries to reconcile and dies but uh ed and lorraine are like trapped in these like these catacombs underneath the uh, uh this farmhouse and uh she blows this shit in his face you see it in the trailer and he becomes like evil for a second and then vera farmiga like <laughs> She's like, remember, remember, remember the gazebo. Just like in the first movie, remember, remember the gazebo where we kissed. And then he's like, I'm better now. I shouldn't have gave my lucky crucifix to the little British girl in the second movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the gazebo. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he smashes this fucking altar with this hammer, and and that's it. And you Dude, know, he the goes witch- full John Henry Adams. On <laughs> <that>. <laughs> he fucking splits it in two. Um. Yeah, yeah, and then you know the witch isn't able to complete the fucking ceremony or or whatever to gain absolute power or something. I'm not exactly sure what the main goal was. I, I believe they say it, but it's it's in fucking passing. Let me tell you. But yeah, like Sean said before, the the fucking demon bends her up real good because I guess she was controlling it and it was pissed off. Right, and then we see back at their house. Ed has built a gazebo with his heart condition, so I guess he's still alive after that. I guess. I mean, that's kind of sweet. Or he could have just paid for it, but yeah, it was sweet. I agree. Again, like, I love I love Ed and Lorraine in the movies. <laughs> I think they're very nice, sweet yes. people. Um, and in the context of the films, everything is, is real. You know what I mean? So uh, it's e- they're easily likable because of that. I feel like the gazebo stuff, like, it made sense, but also felt a little shoehorned in when you're three movies in and it's never been mentioned. But I'm like, ah, it doesn't really... I'm kind of nitpicking at that point. It was fine. I don't think it needed to be um, because, you know, it's just... it. You know, they're, he's on his deathbed at one point and they're kind of remembering it and all that True. kind of shit. So it's yeah. like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah. Not amazing, not terrible. Check it out. Totally different flavor than the first two films. Do not go in expecting haunted anything. Um, it is first and foremost a mystery thriller and then secondly uh a uh, 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 voodoo kind of possession <laughs> cult flick 
Yeah. And that's about it. And then, of course, you know, Ed and Lorraine uh, hijinks uh, ensue for sure. So it, it's fine. I think it's worth seeing. Put it that way. <laughs> So yeah, check it out now. Go see it in theaters. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, or check it out on HBO Max. Uh, you probably, if you have HBO Max, just watch it on HBO Max. I don't know about going to the theater to see this motherfucker, but if you want to get out, stretch your legs, uh, go to the theater, put on that mask. If you're fully vaccinated, you know that's that's a nice it's a nice little date movie for sure. Or just inject. Uh tequila and vodka into your veins and just go and uh, see how that works out oh yeah definitely definitely hit that fucking jaybird or bowl boy before fucking watching that always helps turn the lights down spoilers i did <laughs> so it could have been even it's more enjoyable than maybe oh yeah and yeah so that that's it uh we will see you on the next ripe reviews <laughs>